welcome to another episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, and I am so pleased to introduce you to my guest, Kendra Reddy. Kendra, it's beautiful to meet you. Thanks it's for great being here. Me, yeah, thank you. It's great to meet you, and I'm so excited to, to be here and be in conversation with you today. So very cool. I um, Honestly, I don't even remember which of the social platforms I found you on, but I remember being inspired by just your authenticity and your story, and I really feel like what you have to share and its connection to hope in your life and how you've used your um, your motivation to make your future better than today. I really feel like it'll be inspirational to other people and I can't wait to hear a little more about it. Yeah, thank you. I hope I hope I hope it's inspirational for sure. I think it will be. So, I'll tell uh let me read your official bio to let people know who you are and what you do and then maybe I'll throw it over to you to tell us a little bit about your story. Wonderful. Thank you. So, Kendra Reddy is an executive coach, keynote speaker who empowers leaders to act with authenticity, create capacity and find purpose. Her clients are global industry leaders across Canada and the US, including PwC, Scotiabank, BMW Group Canada, Roots Canada, the Northwest Company, and Egon Zender. Totally butchered that. With nearly two decades of experience working in leadership development and human capital, Kendra's methodology to lead with excellence begins with personal mastery. Her refreshing perspective on authentic leadership has been featured in the Globe and Mail, CNN, and the Financial Post. In 2020, Kendra founded the Tala Leadership Institute, a coaching certification school that unlocks leadership through real-world coach training. For leadership wisdom, hacks, and techniques, you can follow Kendra on Instagram, LinkedIn, and visit her website, and we will link to all of those things in the show notes. And Kendra, it is so awesome. I love so much about just some of the things you say in that podcast, or in that bio. I feel like we are well aligned in a lot of things. So Yeah, um, yeah, so thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And it's always a little, it's always a little weird to hear your like official bio right? <laughs> read, read out loud. Um, but yeah, that is the, that is the crux of it. Although I'll say the, um, the journey to get to that bio in my life is not as clean and shiny as, as the bio uh, makes it out to, to be. Um, yeah, I often tell people that I, I made a career out of careers Um, I started, I had no idea what I wanted to do or be when I grew up. Um, And I started, yeah, in executive recruiting. Uh, And that's, I loved a lot of things about executive recruiting that had actually nothing to do with the recruiting process. (laughs) I was more fascinated about the conversation that people were having around like, you know, what is leadership and who is the best person to fill this role and what are the qualities we're looking for? And that was my first sort of taste into leadership and and values and who gets to define these things and what role does do things like hope play in, in that and how does it connect to someone's value of drive, let's say. So I spent some time in executive recruiting uh, and then um, I moved into big consulting and I worked with Knightsbridge leadership uh, um Knightsbridge leadership. Um, and I worked in their career transition, executive career transition practices, career management, and then coaching. And this, so this has all been something that's percolated in me. And then I stepped out into private practice. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say this number to you, Lindsay, but it's, I think I'm going on 13, 12 or 13 years. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I've always been fascinated by what motivates people and why people do what it is that they do, starting with me going, you know, to um, to night school for positive psychology. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to dig into this concept of hope. 
Amazing. So, uh, as you are probably well well aware, uh, positive psychology is where is the science where the science of hope comes from, right? Yes. Um, hope is field of science within positive psychology, and I am so excited. I I don't know if I've said this out loud on the podcast before, but I have applied for the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program oh, at Penn. Fantastic. That's a wonderful program. And one of my dear, dear friends and colleagues is uh, is a professor in that program because <gasps> he, he was one of, I think, like the pilot participants when that program, when Marty Seligman first launched that program. And then I've actually studied an offshoot of that program. There's a group of alum who started um, a more applied version of that, that I've studied with them too. So yeah, the synergy here is, is firing. You're okay. going to love that program. When this recording is over, we are going to talk more about that program yeah, totally, totally. Um, because amazing. So yeah. anyways, so tell us, um, so positive psychology is a huge part of what I do and why I do it. Yeah. Um, and hope comes from a very personal journey for me, as I've shared a lot on the podcast before. Yeah. I feel like hope is a big part of your journey as well. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about um, your crooked journey to where you are and yes. um, how it started a long time ago? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a big story. So it's sort of like, gosh, where do I even start? Uh, you know, I would say I didn't even really realize how big of a role hope played in my life and still plays in my life to this day until a little bit later, until I was a little bit more grown <laughs> and a little bit more studied in things like psychology and all my coach training and my, you know, my advanced designations and things like that. And it's funny because I've actually been writing about this a lot lately too on my blog, but and I this is part of the reason I think why you and I connected is because I shared a little bit of this story that up until now, I never have because it hasn't been considered professional to talk about things like hope and where do you come from. So I guess in a nutshell, I, I come from really, really rough beginnings. Um, I, I, I lived in a fearful home. There's been a lot of, you know, I had a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse and I got kicked out of the house in high school. So, you know, on my own from, gosh, 16, 17 years old out there in the world with, you know, really few resources and support mechanisms and like no clue how to navigate life and all of that. So I was kind of living in this um, perpetual state of chaos and uncertainty and uh, kind of similar, like now, if you think about the world at large, there's chaos and uncertainty just because of the pandemic that's happening. So kind of like in a similar vein, um, it's a it's just something that you live with every day. And that is emotionally exhausting, like emotionally exhausting. And every once in a while, you have to find, you have to carve out or find a reprieve or an escape of some sort. So just so you can top up your emotional energy tank again, one of my escapes was always daydreaming. And I was always fantasizing at that age. So remember, I'm like living on the streets kind of couch surfing if I'm lucky, trying to figure out who I am and what I want, how to close this big gap and be a grown up. And, and I would lay wherever I was laying at night in the dark, which was kind of the only quiet time for me. Um, and I would dream about this amazing, magnificent life and person I was going to be when I was a grown up and when I had it figured out. And sometimes that's, you know, when I'm 20 or when I'm 30 or when I'm 70 or next year, or even as far as like next week, things will be different. Um, and I think what I, what I, what I did in that escape was unconsciously created this narrative 
based around hope. But hope for me at that time showed up as possibility. Just, uh, it was sort of like the lens that I was looking at things through were, yes, this is hard and this is temporary. And so if it's temporary for me, that meant that there's a possibility in the future at some point for something to be different or something to change. And if there was a slim chance that something could be changed, then that must mean that there could be things that I could be doing now in present day <laughs> that would like stack the odds in my favor. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's that like that um, space between dreaming of a future possibility and then thinking, oh, what can I do to influence this? That that's what motivated me to take action, right? It's like, I can't close the huge gap between where I am now and where I want to be, but what's one small, tiny thing that I can do to get me a little bit closer to that. And, and I, like, I want to be really clear. Sometimes the small, tiny thing that I could do is just believe it was possible. Like sometimes that's all I had energy to do is just hold the belief that it was possible, which is not easy. <laughs> um, so, so um, I think it's that chance and that opportunity and that hope that really, you know, kind of kicked me into gear. And by like, sometimes getting in gear was just like, oh, I have enough now to take another step towards my front door assuming I had one at the time. <laughs> um, and it, and I think a lot, it really served me well because it gave me a sense of control in a, in a, I was living a life that largely was out of my control. And so having that and really thinking like, I can't, maybe I can't control or change what's happening to me right now, but I still get a say in what happens to me an hour from now, a day from now, a year from now. Yeah. So that's sort of, that, that's really where I think it was born in me. Oh, I yeah. love so much about that story. I love, um, Hope feels like possibility. Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah. And I somebody told me once that for them, hope felt like the light at the end of the tunnel and mm -hmm. being close enough to make shadow puppets in the light at the end oh, of the tunnel. Oh, I love that metaphor. Yeah. But it's it's a similar kind of feeling, right? It's it's as possibility is you can see that the future will be better than today. Yeah. And you can control focus on yeah. what you can control but even when there is so much outside of your control yes and then harness your agency harness yes. your internal yeah. motivation yeah. to do the only small thing you can do whatever that small thing happens to be yeah and i feel like even the belief that something is possible is no small thing i no, think that's a huge thing but yeah. it's something within your control that you can you know find 100%. the energy to do very yeah. cool. Mm. I posted um I posted on Instagram um this this thing around I think there's a big belief that uh optimists can't be realists, right? Mm -hmm. So we hear people say this, oh, I'm not being negative, I'm just being realistic. Optimists and pessimists can both be realists. The difference is that the optimist isn't fooled into believing that the thing or the space in their life that isn't going according to their plan that that that's not their whole life that it's compartmentalized. And so that there's this optimistic outlook. And it also, um, it had me think about and getting ready for this podcast really had me think about, well, okay, so what's then the difference between hope and faith? And like, what is that? And so for me, kind of, I'm and I'm still working with it. <laughs> for me, it's sort of, I think about, there's definitely connections 
but there's also some, I think, subtle but important distinctions. I think like hope is the start. It's like the little spark. And then faith is sort of the sustainment of that flame. So it's like hope that it, whatever it is, that it's hope that it's possible and then have faith that it is. Right. So that's like hope is that your podcast is so aptly named because it really is the thing that that gets you off the couch. (laughs) Yes, because I believe that hope without action is just a wish. Yes. Yes. Right. It's that action piece, that internal motivation to do the thing to get you closer to whatever it is that you're getting closer to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love I love that you considered faith as well, because this is not a spiritual podcast. But we talk spiritual things sometimes because yeah. hope and faith are so um, intertwined traditionally. Yeah. Um, you know, the definition of spirituality yeah. it has continued to evolve. And I love that we can talk about those kinds of topics yes. um, in in everyday kind of conversation. Like you mentioned at the beginning that it's not uh, it's not professional to talk about hope and our and our and our stories and traditionally it hasn't been but yeah. i love how we're evolving to yes. a place where we can have those kinds of conversations not only that not only i think are we evolving for it it is being met with a voracious appetite i mean lindsay that's how you and i connected because i took a big brave step on linkedin and i posted this thing to say listen i've rebranded my company my professional persona and I, it is about my personality. I am an executive coach. My whole life, I have hidden or buried or or yet like felt shame around these humble beginnings that I come from. And yet it's actually the reason that people want to work with me is because I've been through some hard stuff in my life and I've figured a few things out. Um, and so keeping those things separate doesn't serve anyone. In fact, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to hide your humanity um, as much as it takes to be vulnerable enough to show yourself. So why not, you know what I mean? If the, if the risk of this, just take it. And so when I posted that on LinkedIn, um, I was astounded because that post, first of all, posting it, I was like, my heart was beating out of my chest because I'm about to tell people, yes, I'm, I'm this, you know, amazing executive coach. And I've worked with all these big kind. I've also been homeless and I, I know what it's like to come from a feel for fearful home. And I like all this other stuff. I was so worried. Like the jig is up. Kendra's telling us that post went viral. There's been over 11,000 people that have seen it. And the reach outs that I have had just from anything like, thanks for sharing, or this gave me hope, or yes, I want more of this. So people, I'm I'm also so glad that we can start having this conversation and pulling these things apart. Least we're, all we're all doing anyway is negotiating meaning. So <laughs> like, why not, why not just have an interesting conversation with it, about it, without having to get to one final right answer? Yes. Negotiating meaning. You yeah. are full of these delights. Yeah, thank you. But, but so it's, it, it's so true. There is no one answer. And yeah. everyone's definition of, in my case, everyone's definition of hope is very, very different. Yeah. Um, it's still evolving for me. And I, I'm a self-proclaimed expert in this, in this yeah. topic, you know, yeah. but I even remember at my, at the very beginning of my journey, yeah. Um, to doing this work, my sister said to me, what is hope? What are you, what are you even going to talk about? My mm-hmm. dad said, are you going to talk about God and faith and stuff? Maybe. Um, but 
you know, it's, it's that cool discovery, that cool curiosity, having conversations with people like you and the others that have been on my podcast, um, that, yeah, we, we get to discuss and enrich and have these kinds of conversations. And hopefully someone will take something, will hear something that will enrich their life, um, and help them on the path to a definition, you know, for them. And and yeah, something that's true, true for them. Yeah. 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 I'm very very lucky. Yeah, me too. It's these, it's these things like hope and faith and love and humanity and leadership. They live in a place that traditionally doesn't have any words. Be like me saying, you know, Lindsay, I really need you to get to a bottom line definition that really helped really makes me feel on a physical level, your love for your family. (laughs) Right. right? So that's all we're doing in these conversations is exploring and starting to try to put language around these things that we sense and feel and know to be true to us without being attached to this one outcome. Like, I think if we try to permanently define hope, we're doing like, what an insult to hope. (laughs) Like, Really? Um, I think, you know, the one thing, whether, whether your hope or your faith is, is religiously based or otherwise, I have so much room for all of that because it's all interesting and it's all true for people. I think what we're really pointing to is that there are forces at play in the universe that are bigger than us that, um, play a role in our lives. And some people define that as God. Some people define it other places. Wherever you fall on that spectrum, that is undeniable that there are these bigger forces at play in our lives. And if you don't believe me, go look at a photograph of yourself from 20 years ago. Gravity <laughs> is doing its job. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the force is gravity. Yeah. So we got to talk about these things <laughs> instead of trying to brush them under the rug or minimize their role in our journeys. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I've been talking lately about how hope has a PR problem. Um, (laughs) Totally. But it's it's conversations like this that really help to move the needle on on that and to make it more mainstream and to be able to have conversations filled with humanity and compassion and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, How do you recognize hope? So now that we've, you know, talked about our definitions, how do you recognize hope in yourself and in other people? Oh, it's, that's a great question too. Um, I think on the broad, the broadest sense, I I see, I see hope everywhere. Uh, I think anyone who is putting one foot in front of the other or continuing to inhale and exhale is, is exercising hope um, that there is a next moment after this and that that's worth somehow sticking around for. So that's how I see it in the most granular level. Um, for me, I recognize it internally as, <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but this, I have this sense of possibility and there's like an aliveness that happens in me when it's like, oh, anything is possible that I, I can't describe because I'm feeling it in my body. Where I see it and where I go to be reminded that this thing that I can't quite wrap my arms around or articulate really succinctly, but it really does exist. For me, I go to nature because that's where that's where I see it the most. I moved from Toronto, Ontario to Vancouver, BC four years ago, and I did it for a lifestyle change. And when I say lifestyle, 
100%, I mean, like, yes, skiing and paddling and craft beer and all the things that us West Coast <laughs> hippies are known for, but more so it was environmental. For me, it is hard to lose place, to lose sight on my place in the universe when I can see the mountains and the ocean literally right in my backyard. So that kind of thing, seeing the seasons change, the tides come in and out, you know, night to day, all of that, that, that cyclical nature of there's always hope The here we are the middle of February, probably the worst month in the year for every Canadian and most Americans out there. Um, and yet we all know undeniably spring will come, there will be another summer. And so when I forget, or I need extra connection to hope, or to see it in some kind of a tangible way, I, I usually, I look straight to nature for that. Mm, amazing. So, so cool. Um, I had my dad and my niece on podcast episode. Um, and I asked her what her, where she felt hope. And that's what she said too, was in nature that yeah. she, and she's 12, you know? So it's so cool that she feels that connection, that it doesn't matter how old we are, what you know stage of life that we're in we just find that place that yeah. feels good to us and we know yeah. we can go there to recharge and rejuvenate and yeah that's very cool yeah yeah and i also just look to you know my my fellow people in the world and 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 anyone who's struggling and not giving up or struggling to not give up or doing really well and wanting more. Just, you can see hope in other human beings for sure. And especially in children. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so if, when there's a day that you're not feeling hopeful mm -hmm. and there's too much rain, you can't see the mountains. Mm -hmm. um, what is your number one go-to hope booster tip trick? Oh, that's a, such a good one. Um, so my, my number one tip and life hack around what do you do when you're in it and you, you, you don't have hope is, um, to actually just put it all down for a second. <laughs> Cause I think for me anyway, when I'm, when I'm in that place, the harder I go, grasping and searching and looking for that hope uh, from a place of scarcity, sometimes the more it eludes me. And so my strategy usually is to one, that awareness of knowing, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I feel hopeless today is, is the starter. And then to just be able to sit with that for a minute because there's information there too. And so usually it involves me laying on the floor <laughs> and having like a moan because I don't want to feel like this. And this <laughs> like you got, that's part of it. It's a process. Finding your way back to hope is, is you, it's a recovery process. And so there's a little, maybe a little bit of that and just acknowledging, okay, it's here. And it's back to that point about optimist and pessimism being real. Realistically, I know that I can't, I'm not going to feel this way forever. So if I allow and make room for it, typically that moves, helps to move me through it. And then there's other stuff that I do. Like I I'm a huge believer in self pampering <laughs> and, and, you know, so that's, that could be meditation. That could be having a facial that could be like whatever that thing that I can do for myself that doesn't cost a lot of money in my own place to just try to reconnect to the part of me that is hopeful. Or knows it. how to, you know, knows that hope's there. 
put it down. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's that recognition, that self-awareness, the grace Mm -hmm. to be able to to recognize that you're where you are and that's okay. And you'll get through it. And, um, but if you can just feel it and be in it for a bit, that's totally okay. Someone said, yeah. Like I have, I've had a client before say like, I've had more than one clients before say this, some, something along the lines of like, well, I, I'm worried, I'm worried, Kendra, if I start crying, I'm never going to stop. And, you know, I've said never, ever, ever in the history of humanity, has anyone ever started crying and not been able to stop ever. So <laughs> let yourself have it. <laughs> and again, go, there's a cycle and a process to this. And I think the same is true with hope. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's, it is, it's contagious. Um, it's on, it it exists on a spectrum. Um, and it can totally be, can totally be altered and and shifted and and learned, you know, wherever you are on today's hope scale doesn't mean that that's where you're going to stay. And in fact, you will, you, there will be down days. And of course there will be the up days. Mm. It's kind of the beauty of it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely been in places, like, even as you're saying that, I'm recalling, like, oh, there has been times when I've been, like, bursting with hope and possibility, and then, oops, things didn't go the way that I hoped that they would, right? But that doesn't mean that hope doesn't exist. I think when those things happen, it's actually an opportunity to be like, oh, well, well, what is still possible? Or what, what, what is this creating space for? Or how am I being redirected from the, to the highest possible good in the world? And that's where hope theory comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. Something I've talked about a lot, um, just briefly, hope theory is goals, which is obvious, plus agency thinking, which is your internal motivation, plus pathways thinking, which is that possibility that it it's the pivot. It's the change of the path. It's the what else, what else can I do here possibility. And the only thing, the only difference between possible and impossible is the I am at the front. Yes. The I'm the, you are, you are the one that gets to influence the possibility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This world that we co-create this world with, with ourselves, with each other, with the universe, like we play an active role in hope and the manifestation of hope and the belief in hope and the motivation and the action that hope gives to us. So there's an energy to pay attention to, I think, in that, in that realm. And do I want the bright, beautiful, warm, easeful rays of hope shining on me all the time? Yes. Is that part of the realistic human experience? No. (laughs) (laughs) Totally not. (laughs) However, it's just, again, I think it's that ability to remember that everything is temporary. Everything is temporary. And when, when, when we can, I think, really embrace that, then there's a way in which we can become fearless. We get to go, we get to go yeah. through hard things. Yes. Right? I feel yeah. like it's a privilege. It's a, uh, the beauty of going through hard things is we get yeah. to come out on the other side of it with more compassion and humanity and courage and resiliency yeah. and all those great things. Yeah. 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 When I was going through a lot of the hard things that I went through is even as a small child, I remember thinking there's, there must be a reason for this suffering beyond my suffering. So there's a reason that this is happening. And I remember really early thinking, because I was a voracious reader. And so, I, and that was another one of my escapes is to just escape into this fantasy land where I realized, oh, if someone 
thought about this story and made it up and wrote it down, then it must be possible. Like someone is having this experience or it's out into the world. And I also very young connected to the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, right? And there's a protagonist and they go through these things. And, and so I had this moment where I thought, well, hold on a second. There's no hero coming to save me. And that's when I realized, I mean, I must've been six, maybe seven years old. And I thought, oh, okay, well, if I don't get a hero, that must mean that I'm supposed to become a hero. And that's the lens that when every crappy thing happened to me that I was thinking, okay, there's something that this is supposed, there's a lesson here that I'm supposed to learn. There's some sort of like Jedi mind trick, some, some matrixy Star Wars, something that I can learn or take from this about myself or the world at large. And that was a huge source of hope for me as well. I just saw, I saw all of this as part of my growth and development. Otherwise, if I didn't, all this crappy stuff would just be happening to me for the sake of what? (laughs) For no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that would be very disappointing if it was happening for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. I was just talking, I had a conversation with my coach this morning and she has recovered from COVID and she's, she's like, oh, I just got the, some medical, you know, testing back and turns out that I don't, I don't have the antigens. And I was like, well, what is the point of having COVID if you don't get the antigens afterwards? Like you should go see someone about that because you got ripped off. <laughs> but you totally, if you go through hard things, you want something good at the end. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Kendra, this conversation has just been awesome. I hate that we're at, at the end of our time together. I ask one question of all of my guests, and I feel like we've and you've answered this a hundred times already. But just to wrap us all up, yeah, what gives you hope? The possibility of my next inhale and exhale, <laughs> the moral arc of the universe, the humans we share this planet with, and yeah, just just possibility, the possibility of what's next. Amazing. Kendra, you give me hope. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I feel like there is so much to learn from you, from your experiences, and thank you for your courage and humanity for sharing it with us on the show today. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and, uh, and more to come. I'm, I'm always willing to be in this conversation. So thank um, you so, so amazing. much. Yeah. We will definitely continue this connection. Love it. Love it. Thank Take you. Care. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. These episodes are a labor of love. Inspiring conversations with hopeful people make my heart happy. If you also love this episode, it would be amazing if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars if you're into it. It's these reviews that encourage Apple to promote this podcast to their network. And the more people that listen, the more hope we can spread into the world. Don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to find all the links to my guests, books, and other resources referenced in this episode. You'll also find the link back to my website where you will find additional support and resources for you, your team, and your community. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And hearing from these guests on these episodes, I know that even more hopeful future is totally possible. I'm always looking for inspirational guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can find me on the contact form of my website at expertinhope.com or by email at lindsay at expertinhope.com.
When I was a teenager, my sisters were leaving the house to go out for the night. I always made it a point to remind them to call me if they need me. It was my way to tell them that I cared and would always be there for them. I'd love you to know the same, so all of you listening out there, call me if you need me. Again, thank you for your love and support of this podcast, my work in hope, and your intentional focus on making your future better than today. After all, hope without action is just a wish.